Yo, 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 it's your boy Biko. Make sure you head over to the Apple Store and Google Play Store and download the Illinois app right now. From there, you'll be able to stream Illinois Radio Live every Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m., as well as stream podcasts, watch interviews, check out the latest news, and so much more. So head over there to your App Store and download the Illinois app. Yo, what's going on? It's your boy Hits, aka King Hits. Y'all know what's going on, man. It's D Burst Exclusive. What's up, man? This is Sprouto. Be Young Cocky checking in. Y'all already know what's going on. Alright, this is Femdog. You are now tuned with. Right now, be tuned to. At Illinois Radio, man. Illinois Radio. Live with Illinois Radio. Y'all you feel me? You already know. We on Illinois Radio right now. Tuned in. You know what's going on. You know how we coming. You know how we rocking. You feel. <laughs> You're now tuned in with Illinois Radio with your host, Biko, Illinois Jones, and Pretty Riot. Turn your radios up and spread the noise. Welcome back. Okay, Mace. <laughs> I had to add. Hey, he had to welcome himself I, I back. I was going to do the walk and walk and walk and walk and walk. Huh? Welcome back. But um, you know what we like to do at this time? As always, we bring you guys some of the illest guests from around the city and globe. And today we got Portia King in the building. Yo, what up, what up, what up, what up? <laughs> Yo, she fresh from China. Fresh from China. Yeah, last night I was there and got back last night here. The time changed. The time changed. It was really tweaked so out. She's still on today. Yeah. She's still on today. Yeah. She got back today. I'm looking at you like you need some sleep. Okay, well, that's why I said I'm, I'm. I feel honored you came to kick it with us because I'm yeah, fresh out for time to fly. I'm going to bed. Of course, <laughs> it was going. It was 13 going straight from here to Beijing, then five out or two and a half hours to where we were. And then we did it coming back two hours to Chengdu. We're there, we're there for about five hours and then 14 hours back straight into Chicago. So Yikes. That sounds like yeah, a yeah. lot of us. Uh, yeah. I, I tried the timing. Like, okay, if I stay up, watch the movies, read a book for this set of time, then this block of time I'm going to have to be asleep. So when we land, I'll wake up and feel like, kind of normal. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, I mean, what did you yeah. enjoy most about China? Oh, what did I enjoy most? Um, mainly talking to people. I love talking to people, and there were definitely language barriers. But it's kind of cool the things you can communicate on an international level without using your words. So, like, just the easiest thing, this one woman, we were leaving a restaurant, and we thought she, she was trying to tell us, sell us some flowers. So we thought she was just trying to get some money. We were like, I don't really want no flowers. But then she, like, pointed to the food, did this, and rubbed her stomach. Oh, she was hungry. So she was hungry. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, just looking at That's that a from hustle. a... Yeah, like, I'm a... But then she ended up still giving us flowers. But she really just wanted the food. Well, I'm sure she was trying to sell the flowers for money, but she really just wanted food. Mm-hmm. So I'm a communications... Guru, media maven. So, like, I just love studying just small things like that. So, just the small things that you could still communicate on an international basis just on small symbols that we do. So, would you say communication is, uh, you know, one of your skill sets as far as, like, that's something you've studied as a, I guess, growing up? Yeah, yeah. I, um, I always, like I said, love to talk. Almost probably talk too much. But, um... I went to Mizzou, University of Missouri, and I studied communication and mass media and minored in sociology just because I like to, like, I just like to break down different setups so I could be at, I don't know, at a restaurant and, you know, people watch or yeah. sitting somewhere in a cafe I and people watch. watch. Hey, sociology was, like, was my issue yeah. in college. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. interesting. And you can just see how um, they arguing, but they're not saying nothing because they don't want to make a scene, but mm-hmm. they got into it right now. <laughs> and then, like, just looking at the way people communicate and how they can communicate more effectively, which can eliminate so much BS that could take place with the lack of communication. So yes. I really vibe with that kind of thing. But that was my favorite part in China. And the food was good. The food was really good. We were talking about it. But like a lot of people say, don't eat food in China. But I guess it depends on where you go. Mm. But the food there was good. And we like, only well, took recommendations. How you to go to China and not eat, eat food? the food? Yeah. People say, some, I have friends who went there for like study abroad. And they said they ate KFC every day. Because it was the most. Because that's what they know. Natural, But it was the most natural thing. Like the chicken over there, I guess, is. A bit purer than our chicken over here, but then also you, I wouldn't trust them little shops. But the place we were at, they had really nice restaurants, and we just took recommendations on where to go, and it was good. So what? So. Okay, you say you didn't eat any of the chicken. Well, yeah. Well, I'm on a fast right now, so I'm not eating meat. Okay. But I ate seafood. I ate their seafood. It was pretty good. Oh baby, okay. some seafood. Yeah, I yeah, probably would have dived into the seafood. Like, <laughs> yeah, I would have dived right into it. <laughs> yeah, right from the Pacific. Yeah, the you gotta eat all that. <laughs> I, I can't eat seafood, so I'm. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah we can never go to China. Oh, you one of the people who's allergic. I feel yeah, like when you, add, when you die, you gotta he ask born. God why He did that to you. When I'm you not gonna question that, man. <laughs> I mean, just I mean, if you're already dead, then <laughs> maybe when he's there, he could still just taste it. That's what I'm saying. Like once you die, I'd be like, all right, I'm already food up there. 
Hey, don't say that because I'm so sad. Like, this is so boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, you probably get up there and eat soul food every day. First of all, you know how many grandmas is in heaven? We definitely eat right. soul food. Can't nothing worse happen. Look, grandmas <laughs> don't start going to church till 50. What they was doing before First then? Oh, but they already grandmas when they in heaven, Jones. Look, I'm just saying. So, you know, I actually want to jump into, you know, Media Maven. What what makes you a media maven? Man, so I am just multifaceted in everything media. So when I came out of school, I got an internship doing PR, so public relations. So for people who don't know what public relations is, it's basically... Say you own a business, you don't want to buy ads or pay for advertising because people don't pay attention to ads anymore. People don't avoid trying to see ads. So PR is basically very sneaky advertising to get your name to be known or be relevant. So working in that industry, I learned how to write press releases, how to pitch media, how to talk to media, how to develop social media campaigns, and all these things on the back end. But simultaneously, the same month, I want to say, that I officially started my internship, I also got um, an opportunity to work with Revolt Television, so producing for them out of Chicago. So I did that for about four years, along with still doing full-time PR, marketing, event management, all that jazz. And I was having Media Maven because not only can I pitch to media, like I pitched y'all, but I can also be pitched by media. So I can see everything in a full cyclical view of the whole entire media game from the audience perspective, the audience perspective toward us what's your image that you want to take towards them and just be able to put together a whole entire package and media maven just falls in line with my whole little brand of things that i have going on who are some of your favorite media mavens oh favorite media mavens oh let's see of course oprah the goat gotta say oprah um i love ellen degeneres oh i like that that's a great Um, answer terrence J. Is up there. Those are, I would probably say are my top three. Okay, top okay. three. No, Nick yeah. Cannon. Well, he, he, oh, he's he's the, hey, he deserves no, 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 no. But no, but I was about to say Nick Cannon deserves an applause. Yeah, just no, this is Nick Mick Mick. I was about yeah. to say he got a lot of good stuff. You know, definitely applause to Nick, but he's multifaceted. I applause yeah. him for so many things in addition to hosting, but he also has his wilding out. Yeah, he's got a lot of ear. Headphones. Look like he got bulletproof vests now. Yeah, he he has so many he more things turbans. going on. <laughs> right. the he probably got a line of that coming out. Like it's just you, you can applaud him on so many levels. The same as like, okay, I won't compare him. I won't drop any other names. But, but yeah. got you. He is definitely mm-hmm. super so what, what talented. What influenced this this media maven? Like, where does it all start from? Ooh, how far back you want me to go? Go back as far as you want to go. I want to know where like where did he hit you? Like like where was the where did the love come from? Man, so let's see. When I was 16 in high school, I was really active with the Rainbow Push Coalition with Jesse Jackson, so going on their college media tours. Um, so through just that connection, they nominated me for a program called African Connections. And what African Connections did was really dope. I don't think they're around anymore because they don't have the funding. But they would sponsor for kids from five to ten kids from Chicago, inner city, south and west side, to go to Ghana for two weeks. Hey, that's where my father's so, from. Hey, hey okay, a cry, a cry. But hey, um, look, well, maybe not a cry. I was but. gonna say, look, I was born here in Chicago. Wait, so you be eating? You you know about food? Food? Of course, I know, know about, about the food. food. I know about the food. Oh my god! I know yeah, about the food. Good. Yeah, oh, man. know about the food. food. I just food. need to know, learn more. No, no, I'm saying not food. Food, not food. Food, food, food is in Nigeria. I'm talking about Kenke. Um, the Kenke is yeah. different. I'm going to have okay. to talk to Pops about the Kenke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's going off into another direction. But I was over there for two weeks, um, a fully, fully sponsored trip, my first time leaving the country, and just grace to be able to first time go to Africa of all places. So that entire trip was just a huge eye-opener. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like the main metaphor that I use when, when I talk about that trip is if you're a kid growing up in Chicago, inner-city Chicago, or just in America, period, it's like you're a fish in a tank, right? Mm -hmm. Just swimming around in this bubble. It's like all the fish doing what fish do, and you don't really pay attention to much else. But then imagine the perception or perspective of leaving the fish tank and then having an outside perspective, being able to look back at it or look back and see things that you might not have seen before. Mm -hmm. So, like, this might put a, like, date on my age or whatever, but when I came back from that trip, I just remember sitting in class and everybody's talking about the Flavor of Love finale that happened and, like, all the stuff that happened. These new joys coming out and all this stuff, and I was just completely changed. Like, don't none of that matter. 
Like That's just in looking Africa, at like you, you saw a well, bigger picture. You saw the bigger picture. Well, yeah, you just see the picture of like man, like media. And we throughout the whole trip, every other day we were in a different city within the country, traveled the whole entire country, and we would have these very long talks just about America. And like what it means to be America, not only to Americans, but outside of America, America. the perspective they have towards us. And the one thing that I took away from that whole trip was like, man, yo, the media controls everything, everything. Mm -hmm. literally everything. If you go back to just stereotypes of black people, we couldn't even perform as black people on black shows. They would have to do the blackface. So Mm -hmm. all of the different stereotypes that go along with not just us, but everybody, stereotypes come are communicated through the media. The media controls perspective of what you value, of like why people pay so much for their mics. The media controls the economy for the money people spend, the perspectives they have towards each other, the decisions they make, propaganda, the politics. So I just looked at it as, yo, the media is the most powerful force in the world because it shapes perspective. It shapes understanding. Mm -hmm. It shapes who we are individually and as a whole. So I just wanted a piece of it. I mean, how, how do you... I'm sorry for coming off. Oh, no, cool. no, I, that, that was, I just wanted a piece of it, and I just fell in love with the media based on that. I wanted to be able to tell the stories worth telling or shaping perspective from a true and authentic place versus being told what's what and creating what is. I like, so, hey, that's... Yeah. Girl, you good. Right here. That's right here. I was going to ask you, you know... Uh, you know, what is your opinion on those certain media platforms that mm-hmm. misshape uh, mm-hmm. a positive, you know, vision? Well, that goes into just like clickbait. Clickbait's everything. Clickbait is money. Like they um, basically, they, and that goes in with just greed of wanting the attention to be on them. So those outlets, I don't necessarily vibe with that. So like one fortunate thing about my position when I was with Revolt was that um, like I was freelance. So they might tell me, scoop me on a story down here. And a lot of times we would scoop them on stories like, yo, this is happening. Do you want this interview? Do you want this? Okay, well, we already got it. Let's go with that. So one thing I pride myself in is that every interview I've ever done, I've never highlighted the negative. It's like, because as you all know, it's all about relationships. Exactly. And, like I always would be very careful in how I worded things and try not to give them those like flashing negative headlines because I never really got TT like that to tear somebody. I never got enough tea to tear somebody down. Yeah. But who's to say I would even want that? So those outlets, I mean, they do it because it's money. They do it because they have to. Like some reporters or some journalists, they cover stories because they have to cover them. And I've never had to cover a negative story. So, so I have a, tough. I have a question for you then. Like, mm-hmm. what would you do had you been in those situations where you would have been working with Revolt and you would have had to cover a very mm-hmm. tough story? Like, how do you think that would affect just, like, how you are as a journalist or mm-hmm. as, you know, someone in media? Well, yeah, so that comes from just, like, one thing I noticed about Oprah and her interviews. And shout out to my, my, my internship that turned into a job doing PR was with a woman named Robin Beeman. So I just want to shout her out. So she did PR for the Oprah Network oh, okay. when they were in Chicago. And um, one thing that I learned from her and just by watching Oprah's interviews is if you notice the key thing about interviewing is making people feel comfortable. Correct. Making them feel like, yo, it's not an interview. We're just having a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just chopping it up just to, about you. So don't be nervous. Like, we're just talking about you. So one thing that I've learned is just it's always about it's not what you ask, but it's how wow. you ask. Because mm-hmm. you could get you could ask a million questions trying to get this one answer, but if you don't ask the right question, you're not going to get the answer you want. So it's just being very careful about how you word certain questions. So... That's what I would do. I would just, one, make them feel comfortable. Like, yo, I'm not judging you. And then, of course, ask off camera sometimes. It's like, well, I mean, I, if I know I have to get this, ask this question, I won't ask. But a lot of times, I'm cur- curti- being courteous, um, I'll just say, like, is there anything you don't want to talk about? Okay, cool. But if it's something I know I have to ask about, I'm not going to ask. I'm going to just put t- mm-hmm. together the most savviest way to ask the bluntest question. But where they can come out in a genuine way and respond to it, like they might not answer it, but you're, they're going to have to respond. Uh, in a way. Somehow, so, I mean, yeah. b- before we actually get into the Maven method, mm-hmm. uh, you worked with a lot of brands. Yeah. What I guess I would say, um, what are some of those? What's the pressure of working with a brand, mm-hmm. or some of the obstacles? Well, I've worked with each brand in a different way. So, like Revolt was producing, writing, interviewing, and all that. Um, let's see, Twitter, I was mainly just brought in to do moderate. So also moderate and host events. So I moderated a panel with them. Bumble, 
ambassador. I was an ambassador, so I would come up with creative ways to spread the mission of Bumble and the woman empowerment force behind it. Um, so it was always a variety of different ways, and the question was, how do I manage working with them? Right, how do you manage certain obstacles? You know, oh, every yeah. brand have some oh, things yeah. you may not want to do, but mm-hmm. that's what they that's what they do. So how mm-hmm. do you, you know, manage going around some of those obstacles? You know, for mm-hmm. those that are interested yeah. in doing what you do, you know, I'm pretty sure they would like to hear these obstacles now so they can oh, work yeah. on perfecting their craft. Oh, yeah. Like, let's see, I'm trying to think of, hmm. Well, for one, I would say the best way to build an individual brand is to avoid working with brands who don't align with what you offer. Mm-hmm. Like, if we're not seeing eye to eye, like, oh, <laughs> you want me to wear that? Uh, uh, that don't really, I, like, it don't mesh with me. So I try to only work with brands who I feel I can benefit and they can benefit. And then that's where the merger, but that's where it makes sense to merge. But if it comes across as something like, man, this is a really good opportunity, but... I don't really want, like how they posted that um, so-and-so and so-and-so did this like that. And it's like, I, okay, let me try to figure out the best way to answer this question. I've said no to certain things before okay. just based on, like, relationships. Of, like, say I'm cool with the cast of this show. And there's somebody on the cast of the show who we have a joint partner, and that person wants me to interview them. Like, yeah, like, interview them. Just highlight them on your platform. Let them get their side of the story out. I know I'm speaking very vague, but it's specific if you knew the details. And I just had to say no to that because, like, no, I'm not going to highlight their story. Because <laughs> from what I see, they we not rocking the <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. And you're going to have to go somewhere else. You're going to have to do something else with that. So it's just mainly being firm in who you are, your brand, but also making amends of being able to negotiate. You have to be able to negotiate. Like I said, if there's an opportunity where it's an amazing opportunity and you'll benefit from it far more than they'll benefit from having you, so you can't pass up on it, then I would say negotiate. Like, Yo, I'm, going to, I'm here to do this, this, and this, but I will not do this. Mm. I cannot do that. Can we maybe come up with a creative way to make it not so, I don't know, aggressive or not so vulgar or just being able to stand firm and stand ground on what you won't do and be able to try to bridge a gap if they're open to it. I like that. I like that. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's your girl, Pretty Riot, and thanks so much for tuning in to Illinois Radio. We are here kicking it with the media maven, Miss Portia King. How you feeling? Hey, hey, hey. I'm good. Y'all woke me up. Good. Yeah. I like they here. <laughs> hey, we glad we, we woke hey. you up because coming from China. I was about to say, right yeah. Like Man. Okay. <laughs> hey, that's a good sign yeah, coming from, you know, a, a media maven like yourself saying we woke you up. You know, we, that's good. Thank you. It's good. No coffee. I wanted to know, like, you know, um, what's some of the things in media now that you would love to see change? Ooh, that's a good question like this. That's a good question. Ooh, one thing I would like to see change. Ooh, and media is such a big question. Like, my mind is really circling around, like, all sorts of media. I feel like you should give us three. Hmm? I feel like you could give us three. Three? Okay. Three. Oh yeah, can I do three? Yeah, you can do three. Yeah, because okay. I feel like one is hard. Yeah, because I'm, I'm thinking you got radio, you got print, you got. I already took it. I already took it big. I'm like, then you got podcasts, and you got like, <laughs> man. So things I would like to see change, especially like if money wasn't a thing. I would like to see magazines come back. I agree. Like I would love to see, like yeah. for magazines to make a comeback. That's not going to happen. But I would love to ma- have magazines make a comeback because I feel like you can't really. I just miss going to the store and picking up a magazine. Right. Right. Man, I word up. Pull out the okay. posters. Like, I ain't that. I was, say, too, I was too girlish for me. <laughs> nah, I, I had so many Word Up magazines. Well, yeah. Every poster on my wall came from a Word Up magazine. See, look. With, that's with, what with, see with what I'm saying? Christmas yeah. lights around okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Look, real cute. Man, me and my sister had Christmas lights on our wall. We had B2K and Lil Bow Wow. Well, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Source Double XL coming out of the Word Up. That one for me. All their posters, they were like in sweaters and hugging. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Exactly. It was like this group. We had three more over there. I would love to see magazines make a comeback. That's not going to happen. Let's see. Realistic. Um, let's see. I would like to... Hmm. I won't say make TV more accessible. but like Because like I know you can watch it from your phone, but you have to literally download an app to watch certain shows. So you almost need an app for every single show. So I would like for TV to be more universal as opposed to being able to watch TV or being able to put a podcast on television. But that's not going to happen unless you do make it digital on your phone. So, like, say you were able to download, like, I don't know, 
Like, make it where, like, this, like, this kind of event could happen on television, on broadcast television. So, like, oh, I have a podcast like and everything, too, so I would love to be able yeah. to just, yeah, like, something Ooh, like that. We're going to get into where, that, too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, but, like, something like that and what we do to also be able to reach a broader audience beyond just, like, tune in at so-and-so, so-and-so.com mm-hmm. or .co or .tv right. and all that. Like, make it more television. So, maybe I'm a, a lover of the, right now. of the ABC. classics. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. I like just like the old school classic feel of like something beyond a TV screen, your phone, and an iPad. Yeah, yeah. so I just like being it. able to like watch certain things on television without having to get the right HDMI cord and the adapter to plug it in, or and become a member of this app. Yeah, yeah. Right. or that app. Yeah, pay this month. fee to watch this. But oh, you the antenna, exactly. Antenna. Like, well, maybe not the antenna. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I feel the vibe. I feel the vibe. I feel the vibe. Get back too far. The vibe, though. That's the vibe. <laughs> antenna's not. Yeah, they got antennas. They got yeah. AD antennas, you're right. <laughs> My mother got one. <laughs> got, she got a good 27 channels. Hey. <laughs> yeah, because they changed over. But yeah. like, I would like to change that in media. And then also just as far as, um, I don't know, media people. People say Chicago is like a shady city. And uh, like people don't rock with people. People don't show other people love. I don't see it that way. But I wish that it would still be more, um, what's the term? Fluid. Like, still be more fluid, still be more open to, like, you all invited me on this show. I would love to have you all on my show. Like, it's certain things to just make it where people are more open or media is just more, if we're talking about people in media, to where people can, like, see the full picture or see the full potential in each other. As Do you feel to like stuck. because media seems to be, like, a very competitive field, that's why those type of things don't happen? Yeah. No, definitely. I definitely feel that way. But I also feel like in, in any field you're in or in anything I feel like you have to from a personal like just the way I move and vibe is like whatever's for me is for me Thanks. and I feel like everything happens in a wave everybody has their own lane so if something great happens for somebody it's like that's great like your lane killing it right now like, but I'm gonna just stay in my lane I'm gonna focus on my like what's happening here so as opposed to a lot of people I think sometimes might get caught up in looking at other like the person next to them instead of looking ahead. Mm-hmm. So that is definitely a part of it. People will look at um, some people's success and look at it to compare to their failures. And I'm not saying people, anybody fails. I think everybody just learns lessons. Or everybody's mm-hmm. taught a lesson. They might not learn it, but everybody gets, they get fed that lesson that they needed to learn. Like I've been fed several lessons the hard way. Some the easy way, but a lot the hard way. And you learn them hard, easier that way. So I think the competition is based on people just not having that tunnel vision to stay in their lane. I like it. I agree. I like it. Okay, so I have another question then Mm -hmm. that I just kind of thought of. So being that you are a black woman in media, Mm -hmm. how do you feel about how some outlets portray, like, black women in media, and what do you wish you can change about it? Oh, yeah. So um, one thing that, if we're talking about black women specifically. I'm I'm, I'm taking it there. Like, no, no, I'm not like, yeah, I don't, I love white women. But I'm talking about black women right now. Oh, I think that we are looked at as, like, one thing, a reason, like I said, fell in love with media, looking at all the different stereotypes mm-hmm. of women. And I think that a woman, one woman, one like, the one black woman can be multiple things. Like, you don't have to be just this very straightforward, or I always wear my hair straight. I only rock natural. And, like, it's a huge, that's a whole other world there, just yeah. that whole, like, clash yeah. Yeah. within our own. But, like, just the way that people see us, the hard thing is, like, we're looked at as sassy in the media, we're looked at as um, just very, what's the term, prideful. When sometimes we can be intimate, we can be vulnerable, we can be all these things. We're looked at as always being just like that sex symbol or that voluptuous mm-hmm. kind of thing. But I think that a woman can be all of those things. Mm-hmm. I change my hair Every often, week. like when people don't recognize me. I'm like, hey, and they be like. Oh, I'm like, yeah, my hair changed. Same. Like, that's the, <laughs> right, like, that's the, always the follow-up. I think that you can be well-spoken and then still, shoot, rock a two-piece on the beach and be sexy, but that doesn't make you a certain type of thing. I think that you can be educated. You can be mothery, motherly. You can be nurturing. You can be sassy. You can be all these things. But I think that black women, we're just viewed at as being these outspoken, degenerate, not degenerate, but, like, out too outspoken and... Just I don't know even know how to put it. Like I just think of it's, this Allstate commercial. <laughs> like I think of this Allstate commercial where it's the guy he's on the phone with nine one one. He's like my woman's or she, the woman's on the phone. She's like Albert, they burned down my she shed. Oh, I and he's like, oh, that's awful. She's like, yep. Oh, you hear that? I'm getting a new she shed. She shed. <laughs> and she was like, really sassy and just over clearly overpowering to the husband in the commercial. Like this is just the way that I look at things. Just like 
advertisements, commercials to see how we're portrayed. And that one scenario is like we are always like the dominant one. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel, you know, black women in media is portrayed that way? Oh, that's the mammy. Yeah. The mulatto. The um what's another the was it the gypsy? What's it called? It's another stereotype, but just those perspectives that was placed on us. We know we're not like that because like today we have so many examples of women who are um, excelling beyond those stereotypes. You have, shoot, let's see, well, of course, Beyonce. You have um, Michelle Obama. You have Oprah Winfrey. You have, like, we could throw out a bunch of names. Kelly Rowlands, your, um, let's see, what's her, Venus, or Serena Williams, Venus Williams, like all these other women who are portraying things outside of that. And you could tell if you're looking from outside of our culture, it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It can make a lot of people uncomfortable. So I think that it's perfectly fine to show that because that's who we are, but it's just to keep that going, keep that elevation of broadening the perspective of black women outside of where we are right now. Because due to social media, due to um, or new organizations, just like black girl magic movements and all that, all those different organizations, whether it's a hair care company putting on a new campaign, Essence Magazine elevating or Ebony Magazine elevating their brands, it's just way more exposure on exactly who we are as so people beyond just those um, she share she shit such a she shit you get a new she share she shit like yeah. great advertising because like, like, it stuck yeah, with me stuck, hey, I know what you're talking about he was holding a little water hole and he was yeah. mad he I was remember mad. that he was big mad and she was on that I know yeah. <laughs> now uh, you know let's actually jump into the Maven methods hey. so I mean, throughout the interview, for those listening, you, we all can tell you have a very great communicational skill. Oh, so, but what was the actual passion behind the Maven Method, and what is it? Yeah. Okay. So, the Maven Method is a multifaceted training program, media training program for up-and-coming artists, athletes, performers, or in general, I say talent. So media training for talent. And the reason I started it was because I've done so many interviews with people. I just, she was just talking to people or whatnot. And I've done a lot of interviews to the point where I can see everybody needs media training. Mm -hmm. Like everybody. I've done so many interviews where like, yo, this is Revolt TV, bro. Bro, like this is Diddy, bro. And you really just bombed this whole interview like this? Like we really came to your show. We interviewed you backstage and you really... Like, I wouldn't say this to their face, but like, you really just didn't, you just didn't give a damn. You didn't care at all. And you just blew this opportunity with this outlet. Some people, some people, it's intentional. Some people are just nervous. Like, they're just uncomfortable with, they don't look at it as an um, interview. They look at it as a test. Or they don't look at it as a competition or a conversation. They look at it as, man, you're just drilling me. So like, I know people bomb, bombed interviews because they're nervous or because they weren't prepared or they just didn't know how to articulate themselves well enough to fit their brand or they were too caught up in their head but nonetheless regardless of the reason you bombed this opportunity to build your brand and expand your audience so I started it to help alleviate that stress and I figured it was a way for me to combine all of my media maven antidotes into one so I talk about like everything from FCC policy which doesn't get trickled down to artists unless they get signed to a record label and they go through media training with whoever their rep is. A lot of artists aren't going to know anything about FCC. Mm -hmm. They're not going to know that if you go on this radio show and this TV show and you say this one word or this one phrase, like, bro, you boot it. Like, they don't want you no more. You you just cost them money. You just, like, they're going to have to pay a fine to the FCC. Mm -hmm. So just breaking down all of the different um, pieces of information within that, we talk about just from a public relations standpoint, uh, just having a plan. Like, how do you have a plan? How do you build a plan? How do you know? Like, how do you know if you're pitchable? Because a lot of times, if, shoot, honestly, if you're hot enough, the media is going to come to you. That's but true. then what do you do? That's but true. if you're trying to reach the media, how do you do that? We talk about just general communication, um, articulating your words or um, body language, just being mindful of how, like, if, like, yes, the radio, so most radio, well, nowadays most radio stations are recorded like this. Mm-hmm. But before, it's like you could come in kind of really anyway. Man, with jogging <laughs> pants and flip flops. And you could just do and the whole thing like this. And you, they thinking you in the club kicking it. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, and the, or like another thing, if you are on the radio, I learned that, like, one, if you project or if you smile while you're talking, you could tell. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, like, the listeners can hear it. Right. Versus, like, just going somewhere and just doing this the whole time. Like if I was sitting here like this the whole interview, how would y'all take it? Like yeah, she ready to go home back. Yeah, 
this this interview would have been done a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> right, but but you control the vibe just as much as the host controls the vibe. You control it too. Right. So it's just a uh, looking at the media from a presenting a new perspective to artists or talent from a media perspective, and for them to take the information to be able to incorporate it to their next interview interview to be able to capitalize on that interview to where they leave wanting to talk to you again or yeah you have social media where you could post whatever you want because back in the day like I said magazines go back to magazines and TV think about it you weren't you didn't know anything about a celebrity unless they were interviewed that's, right. that's true because like, that's how you learn about yeah. it exactly like meet and greets at the mall or mall performances the malls used to be bussing because an artist was going to be there just to sign autographs but now it's like I know what you had for breakfast yesterday mm-hmm. <laughs> like I get like so much information on the person so it's when you do an interview how do you elevate it to something beyond just your social media? How do you make it worthwhile to where now as a media outlet, I have something to sell. I have some con- good content to place beyond what you're comfortably just posting from a selfie and a vertical video. So just all those different pieces of information to embedder their presentation when it comes to interviews. Hmm. I want to, you know, actually I want to bounce off that mm-hmm. and um, listening you know, have have you worked with any artists? Is this? I mean, is the I know the media maven. I mean, the media ma- the maven method is for everything. Um, but do you get more artists that come your way? Um, and also, have you worked with any artists to like push them forward? I have done very like in small pieces and small ways. So from like I, sometimes I'll just be in the studio. Or, like somebody will hit me up like, yeah, they're in the studio. You just gonna come kick it? Yeah, sure. And I'll just like give my tidbits on a song. Or, I don't know, ooh, way back. This is way back when I might have still been in school. I might have been here for summer break. But I was would just be hanging out or, um, like, shadowing um, Merck from Complex 2010. Merck, Merck. Shout out to Merck. So I would be just kicking it over there. And I remember that summer for that time, what was it, Z Money was um, would be in the studio and be working with them. So we would go to the different shows. And I would just tell them, like, yeah, like I think that was really dope that you did that. But when you did this transition, I would have did it differently. I would have did it this way. So I've always just had the personality to just talk with artists like before and after interviews because I just want to make them feel comfortable like I said so just not even just to make them feel comfortable but it, but it makes for a better interview it makes for a more genuine interpersonal conversation, yeah. conversation so and then just try to keep in touch post interview um, I've interviewed some artists where it's like man I'm trying to get in contact with them to this day to get in contact with them to work with them to try to do some more media training but I've done two sessions of the class so far I did one in October or no, one in August and one in October, and it was a huge difference between those. Okay. I think I'm going to be able to get one in this month, but if not, I didn't. I, I didn't plan the trip to China. Just it kind of just it sprung snuck up. up on you. Yeah, it just sprung up. Like, hey, let's go to China. All right, You're like, all right sure. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so November might have gotten away from me, but it's continuing to grow, and it's not just for artists, but like, mm-hmm. or not just for the talent. So not just athletes, singers, rappers, models, actors, but they, I've had different PR professionals attend or different I'll managers go. attend. I'll, I'll, I'm like, I'm yeah. media personality. Oh, hey, I will let y'all know. I will definitely let you know. But like, also like um, studio managers, artist management, because they're the ones who are working with the artists, mm-hmm. and they're the ones who understand. Like, yo, you need this. And a lot of artists don't necessarily look at it that way. A lot of people look at it as, man, I'll just go there and talk and be myself. Okay, well, how productive is that going to be? <laughs> like, it's going to be cool and all. Definitely be yourself. But how can you make it more exclusive and more genuine and more eye-opening to who you are? How do you handle an interview that's like not... Bad. Yeah. How do you <laughs> handle that and still keep yourself like... Man, like, I think I'm an avid believer in laughing at yourself. So just, like, I've done interviews where it's just dry. Like, I mean, Popeye's biscuit dry. <laughs> just, yeah. And you just sitting there and you're just like. I can't wait for this huh. to be over. Yeah, but it's like, but I also enjoy awkward moments. Like, I know someone's being dry. I'm like, bro, you just made this so awkward. I'm not going to say it, but I can laugh at it like, whoop. Like, that's my like, <laughs> <laughs> whoop. Whoop. So you do like honey on your biscuit? <laughs> okay, all right. That's like just cool. to be, yeah, like just to be, just genuine. Like okay, we not. <laughs> I mean, it's just like some things, like an interview with my probably this might have been one of the funnest, but also awkward, but then enjoyable interviews was with um, Mark Curry. You remember hanging with Mr. Cooper? Yeah. Yeah, Mark Curry. We just shoot busted out playing slides in the middle of an interview. 
That's yeah. entertaining. That's fun. Yeah. Was you interviewing while you was playing slide? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, because we said it was a question. Like, it just got down to the point of the questions being like, yeah, so what's your favorite color? Oh, green. Why? Because it's money. All right. Cool. Okay. So, did your grandma ever cut your hair? Like, it's just turned into that kind of thing. Like, okay, yeah, I know I'm not going to get any solid, real answers. So, we just about to have fun. And just try to meet meet them at their at that level. I mean, you mm. still create the content, though. Yeah, yeah, it was exactly. Different. Yeah, it was it was very different, <laughs> very different. But um, I will also say it also depends on like, are they having fun? Are they in a negative place? And then it's kind of like still just meet them where they are, like whether they feeling real low down here, just meet them there. But still continuing the interview, I haven't had any necessarily rude people come where I've had to like check somebody. But I've checked people, but just maybe not on camera. In a professional way, yeah, Yes, yeah. That's the thing, like a way of words. You just still Mm got to check people just like, okay, look, I understand. You have to do your job, but I have to do my job. So, it just depends. But meet them at their level, wherever you are, meet them at their level. level. You've been around for a very, you've been around, how actually, how long have you been within the Chicago media industry? Five years. Five years? It seemed like longer. <laughs> yeah, just five. Only five? Yeah, I mean, I went to school in Missouri, so it was like I was gone except for in the summer. Jeez. Like, I'll be back in the summer. And, yeah, started primarily with Revolt in 2014 and just been trying to go ham ever since. So. Wow. I mean, but within the five years, uh, I've seen your name pop up several times. I've seen some of your interviews. Oh, thank you. Um, and then also, I know for sh- I, I know that you also landed on a podcast, mm-hmm. Three Piece. Yep. So how did how did that situation come about? It was you and two other co-hosts, mm-hmm. if I'm yeah, not mistaken. So, so how did that situation come about? Sean Grant and Jamal Anderson, Deshaun and I, and you mentioned the source. So yeah, shout out to him, man. He doesn't um was he doesn't um necessarily promote it, but he is actually the executive or senior editor at the source. So shout out to him. Yeah, I just put you out. <laughs> Boom. But um we went to high school together okay. and Mizzou and then we met Jamal at Mizzou. Um, me and Deshaun are from here. Jamal moved here from Houston and one of this this other guy we know named Ryan who um also went to Mizzou with us. He had an idea for a podcast along with this guy named Jake, who is the producer of it. And they just wanted the three of us to do a podcast show together. And they created a station called um, Mount Sauce Radio. So we were just, I remember chopping it up one day like, man, okay, well, everybody's down. Okay, we're in a room just like this. Like, okay, we got it? Okay, well, what's her name going to be? I'm like, we could be the three-piece on Mount Sauce Radio. And when you say three-piece, I think of the, <laughs> I think the of Chicago two. group. The, you think oh, of yeah. chicken, I think of three-piece. <laughs> Man, we people have because we hosted an event together, and somebody was like, "Yeah, all right, y'all." <laughs> I'm so sorry. It was um like a it was a gaming event, and the person introducing us on the mic was <laughs> I'm so sorry, but he would like I just remember seeing everybody's face. It was like, okay, y'all, all right. Up next, we got three piece. <laughs> I tell you, the rooms like. Looking like they be looking around like they they didn't see. (laughs) Like it would have just been so random. Like yo, no. Like we are the three peeps. (laughs) The three peeps. We ain't got no singing for (laughs) y'all. We ain't got none of that. We ain't got none of that for you right now. But yeah, but people have mistaken it that way. But yeah, you talk about three pieces in a biscuit. (laughs) I mean, but that that, unless you saw. I mean, then that goes into like the logo was a bottle of mouth sauce and. It makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, I mean, as far as podcasting, how do you mm-hmm. see podcasting now? And how, what future do you see for podcasting? I wish I would have started it a long time ago. Like, there are so many people who have capitalized extremely mm-hmm. on podcasting. There are podcast awards now. And as far as the future, I see them getting bigger. Like I said, um, magazine and print is dying, almost deceased, and TV is next. So, Podcasts are going to be those platforms to replace the next form of content because mm-hmm. people are um, like one thing with certain networks is that they were doing long form or short form like just one like just like one hit or quit is one like this segment this listening party this show so and so did this and going out and doing interviews and all this stuff for that well people are moving more towards long form so like okay we have this one set recipe. And we're just going to drop in different things to make it different each week or every day. So similar to podcasts, it's the same thing. You can do it yourself and just build up your brand. 
I think that they're going to just keep growing. And the long, people who have been at the, in it the longest have, like, clearly surpassed. Yeah. They got the upper hand. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I see the same thing. But one thing I, I want to hear from you is, you know, podcasting to me is saturated. Do I mean, do you feel that way at all? Do you feel like uh, the podcast, I'm going to say this. Do you feel like the podcast industry is turning into, like, the rap industry where it's just so many new, which is not a bad thing because it's helping the industry move forward. Yeah. But do you ever feel that way that podcasting is, you know, a little oversaturated? I think that there are, like you said, like rappers. Like, they everywhere. <laughs> like, literally everywhere. I stepped on one coming in. But, um, <laughs> like, it was, um, like, basically. <laughs> that sounded like shade. But, y'all, I guarantee there were no rappers when I walked in the building. Okay. But um, I think that a good way to look at that is a cool little, metaf- another metaphor from my last tech. I haven't seen her Shout in a while. Out to the last text. I don't know if you can see, but I haven't seen her in a while, so my lash is not as present right now. You hooked um, up in China? No. no I forgot that they. I'm like, no. I mean, I'm not talking about the lash. I'm talking about you got to sit on the table and they put a lash on individually. And I just didn't have the time, the patience, or the safety concern for that in China. But. <laughs> no, but on my lash text, she said that. She was about to start doing lashes. Before she decided to go on and do lashes, she had, like, doubts. She said she was talking to her mom. So I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Everybody's doing lashes, which you know is true. Everybody mm-hmm. and their mama doing lashes now. So, so I don't know if I really, if it's worth going out to buy the bid and the materials and the equipment to do it. But because it's just so saturated. And the mom said, well, no. Anytime that you feel like you're doing something that everyone else is doing, go to the grocery store and go to the bread aisle. Mm-hmm. What's so cool about the bread aisle? It's the only aisle in the whole store that is nothing but bread on both sides. Like, it's just all these bread. different types of bread. Every Like, this is the only aisle in the store. They ain't no jam. Ain't no jelly. Ain't no butter. It's just all bread. And the cool thing is that no matter what, it's all bread. But there is an audience for it. And there is a market. And there are fans of every single type of bread. Like, my household growing up, we had all the bread. I liked Hawaiian bread. My dad liked white bread. My mama only liked wheat bread because it was healthier. So it was like, all we would have all sorts of bread in the house all the time. Or even milk. Like, almond milk. Some people like whole milk. Somebody else only likes 2% milk or whatever. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, just know that, going back to your lane, there is somebody who's going to, there's somebody, there's somebody everywhere who only buys one type of bread. Mm-hmm. No matter how many pieces of bread or types of bread there are. So when it comes to like podcasts and personalities or whatever you want to do, whatever you're trying to like take and like whatever industry you're trying to penetrate into, then people who are going to come and listen, they're going to come and listen no matter what. So like if they're a fan, they're a fan. And like while you might be doing this, but someone's doing it similar, your day ones, as long as you keep it up, they're not going to go. That's just taking up more time. Like, man, now I got to get caught up on this. Like, have you ever, like, seen some new shows come out? Like, oh, that looks so good. But I just yeah. don't have time to mm-hmm. get in to it. But it's like, but I got time for this. So just when it comes to podcasts, even artists, I think they're probably more saturated than anything oh, yeah, right now. Man. But when it comes to any industry, just look at it as bread, bread out. I like, like that. What yeah, yeast like that. are you? <laughs> <laughs> I thought about rapping. I'm going to go do this. No, no I'll mixtape tomorrow. Don't. You know, <laughs> you know, also, you know, with podcasting, there's a lot of big names jumping and jumping on oh, board, yeah. too. Uh, you know, you got Ti Expedition, which thing. I actually I, I, I like, like it. it. Oh, yeah, I watch I like it. it too. Uh, I want to hear name? him talk about what he recently talked about. But we can talk about that later. But his he, daughter, yes, <laughs> and the I'm pretty sure he's going to talk about it on his podcast. He has to. Too. He, he has will. to address it. Yeah. Like, he if will. he has any PR, ad, like PR rep, he, he like bro, is. you got to say something. And if you're going to say it, you might as well say it on your platform and bring listeners to your platform. Yeah. don't go do no interviews about it. Because you know everybody's going to tune in. Hell, I'm going to tune in. I haven't watched the episode of it, but I'm going to watch it. going to watch that one. If he <laughs> come with a response. If you watch so. it, watch the Young Thug one and the Snitch one. Those, and the Charlamagne and Girl one. Those. Okay. I'll speak to you. Charlamagne got a podcast. Joe Budden. Uh, Joe, Joe Budden. Budden. I mean, it's Fat like Joe. he sparked it off with Fat mm-hmm. Joe. Nori. Swiss Beats. Drink Champs. It's like so mm-hmm. many people uh-huh. have a. So many people with names have a podcast. Them the ones I don't like. Yeah, y'all don't have enough money. But that's what I was going to say. Do you feel like that's going to overshadow platforms such as like Three Piece? Uh, the Three Piece. The Three Piece. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, you know, with those 
people being a major, I guess, influencers, do you feel like that's going to overshadow those that's been doing it and put that same work ethic in? Um, not necessarily. Because similar to how social media came in, killing the game with, um, like, you getting, like, as a, what's the term, as a, like, audience member, you being able to get more of an insight into who that person is. A podcast is similar. A podcast is where now I have an actual platform to, and, and so much uninterrupted time to show my perspective on certain things. So, yeah, more people might listen because you're, like, this elevated figure. So, some for some reason, people might care more about your perspective. But... Everybody has their own perspective. Like, just because they feel this way about something doesn't mean that you're going to feel that way. And like I said, if somebody, if you're able to capture the attention of somebody based on what you know and what you talk about and how you feel and the way you promote it, then people are going to still come rock with you no matter what. It's just like finding that, I don't know, finding that recipe to get the attention. Like, that's the thing. It's getting the, it's every, like every, that's another reason why I got in the media. Like, every successful person, and just wanting to interview people and talk to people, is because every single successful person is a recipe to the, their success. Thanks. But the kicker but the kicker is not one person has the same exact recipe. Mm. So you've got to be able to cook it up by yourself. And But it ain't no, ain't no cookbook. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just figuring that out. And that's always part of the finesse. You have a long, long resume. Mm. I want to know, at all. All the things you you've done. What is the f- most fun you had, and what what and what like feel? What what did you have the most fun in? Mm-hmm. Let's see. Hmm, I don't know. It might have been. What was it? I'm gonna mess up the name of it. But I think it's like Freak Fest. Freaky Fest. I don't know. What was that? It was like Halloween. Why you look at me like I should know? <laughs> I thought you were looking at you too. Like you know, you heard about this. <laughs> okay, well, okay, it's coming off real weird. No, but it's like a Halloween fest, like Freaky Friday festival, or I don't know. It was a music festival. I don't know if they still do it, but Freak Nick. No, no. no. Oh, that's no. way old. too young for that. Oh my bad. <laughs> well, it was a, it's a music festival here, similar to Pitchfork and Riot Fest, but it was caught. It, okay, let's not call it Freak Fest because that sounds freaky. But it was a Halloween themed music festival, and I just remember covering it. And there were just so many cool, weird, quirky things happening from just the interviews to doing some crowd interviews. Like there was this guy dressed as a tissue roll, hitting the tissue roll, and passing out tissue rolls. And I'm just like, that's so weird. But it's little dope. things. Like, it was funny. It was just really funny. To, like it was ironic to yeah. If you would have saw it, you, I'm sure you could imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I'm like, yeah, I should do that. I, should, I can see myself doing a tussie roll with a yeah. tussie roll outfit, passing out tussie rolls. <laughs> but the vibe of the whole festival, like every single artist we interviewed that day, just had the same invi- same vibe. Or for the whole festival, like just they were everybody was tweaked out. Like everybody just walking into the room. Like you, if you only knew what you had to walk through to get to the back or get to the green rooms. Everybody's walking in like, bro. <laughs> You see that? Yeah. And then, like, now it makes for a good interview because they're already, yep. mm-hmm. already like, warmed up to being chill and being cool. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. And that might not even be the right answer to the question, but no, that's no, the one that no, came no, to no. my you mind. Had the, you had fun doing that. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, I love tweaked out situations and ironic situations or random situations because it's all about how you respond. That's true. And keep you on your toes. Also, I was in improv. I was in the improv team at school, so there's improv in the Maven Method, so... Gonna play a few games to get people on their toes and thinking on their feet because a lot of times the interviews that you have to that's what you have to do you have to have an answer for everything mm-hmm. yeah even hey, if it's not the right back. one yeah. mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> now I mean break down the Maven method again for those mm-hmm. listening and if I know you say you may do something this month but if not this month let them know when they can expect mm-hmm. another live you know see you in person. Yeah. All right, so the next Maven Method, I don't have a date for it, but the Maven Method is a media training course for up-and-coming artists, singers, rappers, athletes, performers, or even managers, PR reps, or anybody who works within the entertainment industry to come check it out. We're going to talk about FCC policy, body language. We're going to do some improv games, everything to get you prepared for your next media interview or interaction. So... Visit my website, PortiaKing.com, or I'm at Portia King Media on all social media platforms. And just go there to stay in tune for when the next session will be. You should be there. 
Hey, much love to Portia King for coming through. Oh, man, you know, this is my first time back in a month. Felt great. Shout out to everybody that tuned in. Uh, you guys can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all of those things at Illinois Radio. You can follow me at official, B as in boy, E K O E. You feel me? <laughs> he been saying that. He did. He, he said that with a, soul, with a big smile. Look, 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 Completely free. Uh, if you RSVP, you'll get game tokens. And if you download the Illinois app upon your arrival, you'll get a ticket to get some free food. So do that. And um, Pretty Riot, what it is? Hi, guys. Um, it's Pretty Riot. I didn't know it was a ticket for free food, and I feel some type of way about it. Well, I mean, you don't get free food. I mean, yeah, but I didn't know. You yeah, free food last year. Did I? Yeah, yeah. I did. did. Quirky kitch. Okay, yeah, she coming back. All right. Yep. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> that just made me happy. I like free things. Um, so if you like free things as well, make sure you meet us at Illinois Radio Live. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Pretty Riot. My Twitter is underscore Pretty Riot. Um, catch me Illinois Radio Live November seventeenth. But also catch me Word Fetty Open Mic. I got a set. Um, November twenty fourth. I'm hosting Let My People Glow November thirtieth. And I got a show December 4th. Oh, you working? And I got a show December 28th. Yeah, so just follow me on social media um, so you can, like, stay in tune with me because, God, I don't know when I'm going to sleep in the next <laughs> month. But I'm going to try. Don't switch on. Turn up. My sis getting that bread on me, baby. <laughs> Yo, y'all can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at IllinoisJones88. Um, I don't like y'all that much to get y'all my Facebook and Snapchat. But y'all can definitely look up me on Illinois.co. If that y'all can just download the app because it's way faster, Joe. Um, I will be hosting with my sister and this guy over here <laughs> named Biko at Illinois uh, Live. Man, two years, man. Two, two years, years bro. Yeah, man. Terrible twos. You know what they say. This is about to be some trouble. <laughs> trouble. Shot <laughs> time. Um, uh, the twenty fifth. I will be in St. Louis hosting platform. Uh, shout out to uh, Lucky One Management for, you know, hitting your boy up and allowing me to be part of that. Um, got another Illinois event in December. Other than that, I'm cooling like a cooling kid, man. I'm going to pop out to uh, Tantrums tonight. I might. It's a big might. But if I do, I'm there. You see me there, say what's up. I might buy you a shot. Never know what that shot might be. Might be water. Might be pop. You never know. But I want everybody to party hard and party safe. And if you can't do both, stay your ass in the house. For those that don't know who I am, I am Biko. It's your girl, Pretty Riot. I'm Illinois Jones. I just want to thank you for tuning in to Illinois Radio. Every Saturday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Make sure you guys go ahead and subscribe on YouTube. Search Illinois Radio. Head over to your Spotify, your Apple Podcasts, all of those streaming networks where you can stream podcasts and search Illinois Radio. We right there. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Hit that follow button and uh, stay in tune with us. You have it. We own it. Big P's. That's all, folks.